Small Business and Startup Stories DSM features conversations with small business owners who share both their victories and failures on their paths to success. Small Business and Startup Stories DSM is produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. More tips and resources are available at dsmpartnership.com slash smallbusiness. I am your host, Diana Wright. Welcome back to Small Business and Startup Stories DSM podcast. I'm your host, Diana Wright, and today we're going to be talking with a founder who has built a business at the back of protecting others, including you and me. So I want to welcome to the show Scott Keplinger. He is the CEO and co-founder of IntelliC. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you, Diana. Yeah, so we're going to get right into it. Can you first talk about um, your work and what is IntelliC to those who maybe this is their first time hearing about it? Absolutely. Um, We're very excited because this is a great application of emerging technology to make the world safer. Uh, We we claim to we have the audacity to think we can make the world safer because of the capabilities that we built. Ultimately, what IntelliSea does is it taps into the live surveillance feeds of an organization's existing surveillance cameras and reads the pixels on them to identify bad stuff. In fact, the company's name is Malum Terminus Technologies, which is a mouthful. We don't really talk about it, but that's Latin for stopping bad, terminating Malum. And that's what IntelliSea does is it gives you that situational awareness that something's going on, go pay attention there so you can hopefully prevent a bad thing from happening mm-hmm. or if it's already happening, um, mitigate the severity in insurance language. So. And so can you talk about when did you start this and when did you also start paying attention to this whole world of safety? Yeah, so um, some really brilliant professors uh, at the University of Iowa, um, they have a wonderful mental health capability there around K through 12 schools. But like everybody uh, wanted to do something about all the bad stuff happening in schools, including the school shootings. That was the inspiration for forming. And then they brought in business folks like myself, my business partner, Dick Ferguson, others. And we started in earnest in uh, 2020 and started building this amazing technology that uses deep learning, artificial intelligence paired with computer vision to analyze pixels in real time to find bad stuff. And so today, I guess, what is the most important piece when you're trying to provide surveillance, safety in today's society? I know we're all familiar, unfortunately, with what has happened, whether that's schools, campuses, Hospitals. any public place. Uh, so yeah. so what is, I guess, the more most important piece when you start thinking about this huge challenge? So to your point, the challenge has never been bigger. And, it, and because we're humans, it'll never go away. And it seems to be getting worse, unfortunately. And that's where we can help. Um, the, the, the challenge and the opportunity for us is there are surveillance cameras everywhere now. And now some people get worried about the privacy concerns of those kind of things. In general, though, it's a very good thing because now you have the infrastructure needed to actually take some of these technologies to do something about the bad stuff. And so when you look at what's happening uh, with, we used to call these all safe places, whether it's a school, a hospital, you know, a store, you know, places where you go get your groceries. They have issues facing them all the time anyway, um, ranging from, hey, I'm paying a lot of money for slip and fall claims or, hey, somebody trespassed and then broke in and stole a bunch of things or a vehicle somewhere where it shouldn't be all the way to the extremes of active shooter situations. 
So if that's the reality we're dealing with, what we've designed is a system that helps across that using their existing infrastructure. And that's very important because nobody has more resources right now. And so you're faced with this dilemma of conflicting goals and limited resources. So how do you make all that work better and smarter? And that's where technology and efficiency come in. Okay. And so you kind of said a key thing, it's using their existing infrastructure. So you're not necessarily trying to provide all the sensors and the cameras, but no. really it's your backend technology platform, correct? Exactly. We, uh, okay. we overlay onto that existing infrastructure. Okay. That's a huge piece of the value proposition. And can you talk about how long did it take for you to build that? In like the world of like technology, like this is not my you know forte, but I'm just curious, like how long does it take to build something that starts to identify and yeah. match and using the AI? It feels like it took forever. How about that? So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's a fascinating process because with artificial intelligence and and what we've built out is what's called deep learning artificial intelligence, where it literally learns from its mistakes like a human brain would. That needs a lot of information. And in, in our language, millions and millions of frames of footage, right? So frames of bad stuff where we tell the computer, hey, this is a spill. This is a weapon. This is a cell phone. This is that. And eventually it learns those things and it gets smarter and smarter and smarter about those and then starts to adapt to new environments as well. That process, it took us, uh, I'll say, all of 2020 to build the proof of concept and then 2021 to go out and beta that in live sites. And then we've actually started commercializing in 2022 and, and going forward now. So. Mm -hmm. And do you think it's gotten easier in this technology world as deep learning has expanded into different fields and in recognizing images? Um, I know there's different kind of platforms even to work in that, mm -hmm. um, but has that gotten easier or? I'll say yes and no. So what's okay. gotten easier is buzzwords like AI and right understanding that these technologies are now emerging and existing. That part has lowered a barrier significantly in the first conversations. What, what hasn't gotten any easier is, hey, everybody's got so many things to do. And again, back to that world of limited resources, nobody wants to spend on prevention until something bad happens. And so you have to get through that kind of negative inertia of, no, look, we, we need you to change. And how do you get people to change? Uh, the good news is our system not only makes the world safer and helps people with safety, it saves them money too. And that that's an important combination there as well. Mm -hmm. And actually now kind of to your point, like how do you make money? Like talk a little bit about the business model. Yeah, it's a fascinating business model because we're software as a service, which as an investor, that's a very that's a very attractive business model. Uh, in addition, because we're in this emerging field of artificial intelligence on a perpetual industry of safety, that's a tremendous com uh, combination for us. From our specific business model, we have a hardware component. So there is a piece of hardware that goes in and that's a fixed cost. Then the rest is really uh, revenue on top of a fixed cost. And that's our programming and our development team. Mm -hmm. And so the more we can expand outwards and the faster we can continue to develop because we're covering all those fixed costs. Mm -hmm. And can you talk about who are your customers today? Yep. So we're having a lot of momentum in education, both higher ed as well as K-12, healthcare. Um, in fact, a large local hospital here is one of the, actually was our first customer, first paying customer 
I teased the University of Iowa because we were a spin out there. They were our first beta, but the process took so long, they were our second paying customer. <laughs> We've uh, started a toehold in some grocery retail, uh, as well as then we're going through a distribution channel called Systems Integrators. Mm -hmm. And because of our distribution partners, they have relationships with a lot of other organizations. We're in a jail. We would have never approached a jail, but they had an existing relationship there and they saw the value of the product. We complement that with a bunch of insurance relationships. So uh, we have some investors as well as partners that are insurance brokers, insurance carriers. And ultimately what that does is it kind of rounds out surrounding in their language, the insured in our language, that end client, that end organization. On one side are our systems integrators working with their security teams, their facilities teams, the IT teams. On the other side, then the insurance brokers are coming in with the benefits and those things, but it tends to be at the CEO, CFO, um, maybe head of HR, those kind of relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I guess now that it's 2022, 2023, um, this is kind of your first year in the commercialization of the market. Can you talk about, has there been any difficulty in finding your way to these customers or is it actually a pretty quick um, yes because of how big the challenge is. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me, right? Because this is the, we we know, uh, they're known unknowns, right? And one of the known unknowns is what's the real sell cycle on this? Like how long will this take? It's ranged as short as 30 days to as long as with the University of Iowa over a year because of the procurement process and everything in between. What we're seeing is everybody is fascinated with the technology and the problem that it's solving. Right. There's they're like there's real benefit to this. The challenge then is um, uh, I'm going to actually quote um, a very smart person with Holmes Murphy that said the pain of doing nothing has to be greater than the pain of change for action to happen. And we haven't gotten that yet where, OK, somebody acts on it immediately. So that's part of the process. Right. Is the continuing education, the demonstrations uh, that in essence sells cycle. Um, how do we get as good as possible on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like you've had some partners and programs that you've participated in that have helped get you here. Can you just talk or mention a couple of those? Yeah, absolutely. So we're huge fans of Broker Tech Ventures mm -hmm. and the sponsors of Broker Tech Ventures. They actually reached out to us as well as another insurance accelerator um, because our we had relationships with some insurance carriers because of the the risk side of this thing. Um, as a quick aside, as we're doing some work with one of the carriers, we asked, well, how many slip and falls do we have to prevent for this to pay off? And they literally started laughing at us and said one. Okay. <laughs> and so that's where we said, okay, well, maybe there's an angle here with the insurance side where we thought that would be more knowledge expertise as opposed to actual business um, uh, support. Through that, then, uh, it has turned on a tremendous avenue for us where we're actually connecting the systems integrator with the insurance broker because in many cases, they have like minds and like customers, and they're actually jointly prospecting to uh, each other's business space, mm -hmm. which is fascinating to me. We didn't foresee that happening, and it's it's been wonderful. Cool. cool. Um, and I'm going to kind of... Well, I'm going to ask this question kind of around your business, but for you too, like what does success look like in your role as a CEO, a co-founder, um, and also for your business? Yeah, um, we're mission-based. And so 
we truly we lay awake at night because of all the bad stuff in the world and then we wake up and jump out of bed because we can do something about it Mm -hmm. that defines success to me as well we hopefully never ever have to prevent an active shooter situation if our system does that it'll all have been worth it and so to me that's success did we make the world safer there is the financial success though as well right you can you can do uh, well by doing good but that's secondary to this um, the whole team is motivated by our mission uh, from the top down the board all the way down to our programmers and those things mm-hmm. so ultimately that's what success looks like to me I think secondary things are you know we're we're wedded to the Midwest even though we have national distribution now and so can we actually build a, a business that is here for the long run that drives you know Iowa as a technology place drives amazing jobs here in Iowa and those kind of things as well. Mm-hmm. So, this, I'm sorry to that end. The state's been wonderful to partner with us on those things. So. Great to hear. And so kind of going now much further back, uh, can you talk about, Scott, like what did you want to be when you were growing up? <laughs> um, you know, talk a little bit about was entrepreneurship ever on your radar? Have you started businesses prior to Intel IC? Yeah. Yes. So let me start with that last question first. Okay. So. Uh, Greg and Chad Carstensen uh, and I co-founded Asymmetry Group, which happens to be the capital partner um, between us. Prior to that, Greg and I had uh, created CK Capital, where we actually funded some startups um, and done our own investments in those things. I've always been, I'll call it economically minded, where I kind of understood things like that, even as a kid, uh, lemonade stands and those kind of things. Uh, So that's always been very attractive to me. But I've also been very analytical. And when I was very young, I actually wanted to be a pediatrician. <laughs> then throughout high school and into college, I actually started out in chemistry. But then I found out you had to study a lot and there were other reasons. And I was on the wrong dean's list to be on. And so I wanted to do something that would be both analytical and creative because I've been creative most of my life. And so that's what the attraction to marketing and market research and those things. And that took me off into my, I'll call it my more traditional career path. Uh, then I got into the um, uh, entrepreneurship through my investing. So Okay. And I guess when you were still in your traditional career, whether that was corporate or wherever existing businesses, um, were you ever like constantly thinking about these different ideas? And then can you talk about, if you recall, like when did you know you felt that you could jump ship? Yeah. Um, so yes, always thinking about those things because ultimately what's fun about business is you're solving real needs, right? And, and if you're not, then the market's not going to pay for those real needs. And so whether you're at a big firm, a small firm, an old firm, a startup, those kind of things, mm-hmm. you always have to center in on that. And then when I was in corporate roles, you know, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to be in the position where we were actually looking at acquisitions and those kind of things as well. Mm-hmm which then you can see the value that somebody who takes that leap because they see an idea and they want to make it real. That's always been attractive to me. What I've been able to do is kind of jump in and out of those two worlds. Um, but this last round in, in 2020, um, it's really the mission is what drove me. So that's why we've invested, I mean, personally, uh, time, money, et cetera, uh, to, to further that mission. Because, you know, I'm, I'm 55 now and... I'm at the point where I, I want to make a mark to help people. Um, and I think most people are that way. They're just, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge 
you know, when you've got a mortgage to pay, you've got a young family, those kind of things. Uh, so I have a ton of admiration for the people that still make that leap at that age. So. And can you talk about either an influential moment or a person in your life? Yeah, there's so many. I mean, that's that's the brilliance of this, too, is, you know, it seems a little cliche to say that relationships matter, but they ultimately do. And if you are a caring person that wants to give, not just get, it always pays back. Um, influential people, though, have ranged from my high school chemistry teacher and coach to my father, to my mother, uh, to my grandmother, to uh, Greg Carsonson, my neighbor, business partner, wonderful person, to the current board. I mean, it's just it's it's a true pleasure and and one of life's most precious gifts. And now I guess that you're in this position where you could share advice, um, you know, what's What's one piece of advice you would give to a smart, driven college student? Maybe they're about to enter the real world. So what's a piece of advice or also like thinking about what should they ignore that maybe mm-hmm. you wish you would have ignored too? <laughs> this is, uh, I love these questions. Um, so some of the advice is, and everything's in a balance, okay? And find the right balance. And I'll give you two examples. The importance of planning, I see too many people that underplan. Now, the other side of that is I've seen too many people, once they put together a tremendous plan, stick to it until it runs all the way into the ground. And so you have to have this wonderful balance of planning, um, future casting, you know, getting down to detail, but then be incredibly adaptive. And that's a fine, fine balance, right? Um, And some people are wired one way or the other. Um, The other thing I would say is nobody's the smartest person in the room. If you think you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably the most arrogant person in the room. And find how you can get people that compliment you and challenge you. And that can be a friend, that can be a mentor, that can be an employee, that can be anybody. Um, But be humble enough to seek people to tell you when you have a bad idea. And I guess, too, like, how do you know that you have a good idea versus a bad idea? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's and part of this is with my background, I've done a ton of market research in my life. Mm-hmm. You and this might be another piece of advice, actually, too. communication skills. If I've seen a lot of really smart people that cannot describe things in my line, and this might seem a little mean is if you're so smart, why can't I understand this? Right. And so spend your time and get the essence of the idea boiled down into a way that people can understand what you're doing and solve a real need with it. You know, if you have those two, if it doesn't solve a need and people understand it, then that's great information because stop doing it, right? If it solves a need, but people don't understand it, then that's good information too, because you have to make people understand it and finding again, that, that sweet spot, that middle ground for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's well said because there's a lot of people I've worked with that are just starting out and they don't know yet. Is this is this idea that I have truly going to make it or make a difference, too? Um, But sometimes they might go to a family and friend and they don't like it at all. So that's you also have to kind of juggle like some people are going to tell you maybe it's not a good idea or maybe it's really a bad idea. Right. Uh, But who are they to know, too, if that 
if, if they have enough information around the problem. Yeah, and discerning, um, can you value their opinion, right? Yeah, <laughs> yep. So that's something too that I know I've seen a lot of founders who sometimes go through different programs, they almost get inundated with all these different opinions. Yeah. So it's also deciphering too, like how do, how do I move forward with now what I know and my network? Um, you know, that, that critical thinking, that's a form of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. I had a, John Lewis was the gentleman's name, but um, a company, AC Nielsen, like the Nielsen writing. But uh, he was sitting me down giving me some coaching. And um, I made a comment and he stopped me and he said, don't ever let somebody tell you the details don't matter. What matters is figuring out what details matter. And that stuck with me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing then with, okay, Go seek advice, go seek opinions, but have that critical thinking on, well, you know, who's saying it, what's their background, how is it helpful, and discern the pieces then that they, that they give you. Because it may not be the straight answer, but there may be an answer underneath it as well. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of a fun question. What is one thing you wish you knew from last week? And then what's one thing you wish you knew since starting your business? So... I knew that, the, I mean, I'll start with the last question. I knew that uh, startups are hard and that it's a 24-7, 365 kind of job. Um, I wish I had taken more consideration for the ups and downs of it and being patient with two steps forward and one step back is still one step forward. And I think a lot of people in the kind of entrepreneurial space are very driven and so you have to check your own type A, right? And it's like, hey, yes, to, to change the world, you have to push, but also be patient and try to find that balance there as well. And that's probably what I learned last week as well, because I learned that lesson every single day of my life. So. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, and then speaking kind of in talking about, you know, I know there's many programs, partners, people that have helped get you here. Um, Talk about building in a community and what's one thing that you love about building in Iowa or whether that's in Des Moines. And then also what's an item that might be on your wish list for the entrepreneurial and tech community? Oh, sure. Um, Well, with Iowa, we've lived, my wife and I were raised here and then we met here and um, we moved back here then once we started having children. So um, we're big fans of the state. The state also, I think, is doing a really good job with setting up kind of the ecosystem for startups like this. Uh, the Iowa, Iowa Economic Development Authority has been tremendously helpful with us. The um, kind of the accelerator environment here um, and the businesses and, and public organizations that are part of all of that have been wonderful, too. One thing that I think is really nice, too, is with the higher education, right, the, the public universities, their, um, their infrastructure to actually take research and spin it into industry as well. And everybody's alignment around that. It's another great example of how all of this adds up to drive economic growth as well as advancement, you know, for, for all of us, um, including helping make the world safer. So I really appreciate all of that. The, um, as far as things that would help even more, um, you know, maybe if uh, the local businesses would work together to actually become early adopters, like purposely, objectively go out and try to adopt some of these things uh, as part of that cycle, in essence, because you've got that very, very beginning, 
where it's all super fun and you're in a garage doing stuff. And then at some point you start to scale. Well, there's a lot of work in between those two, right? <laughs> and those kind of things can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's something that I have seen work here, but I also, in, for me in my role even, um, it, I think about it, well, how could we make this an easier process, mm-hmm. easier access to these local businesses being that first customer or just even like that first person that can test it. Yeah. Um, and so so that's something I'm constantly thinking about and I think it's a great thing to actually bring up. Um, and I guess, you know, as you're you're thinking about your business um, and, and what you've built so far, can you talk about what's coming up and even kind of like, how would you invite the, the community here to like join in and follow along? Yeah. Um... We have a massive development pipeline in front of us, which is good. Um, You know, the amount of work should always exceed the capability to get it done. But that's an area, too, where the local community could help us, the business community and others. You know, what would be most important to them? Um, You know, we're we're limited by our own creativity. um, And I'm fascinated. Every study I've read about creativity is you're not born with it. You just think harder on a problem. And we think a lot, a lot about these problems, but what else could be visually detected, right? Um, wh- how else could some of this amazing deep learning AI be applied with existing infrastructure, right? We don't, we want to stick to our knitting on those kind of things because of the value proposition, but who else can we help? You know, how do we get this into more schools? How do we get this into more hospitals? Those kind of things. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. And kind of in wrapping up, um, is there any final message that you would like to give to particularly someone that is thinking about starting a business or starting something? Yeah. What's kind of your final message? Do it. I mean, just try it. Right. Um, Now, with everything, there's always risk, but be smart about the risk. You know, again, I don't want to understate the importance of planning and getting feedback. including planning and preparing for your own sake, and particularly if you have others that are counting on you financially. Um, but I don't know anybody that's ever died on their deathbed saying, I wish I hadn't tried to do something. They generally would be, I wish I had tried to do something. Mm-hmm. And try to live with no regrets, right? Oh. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, and so um, can you also mention to how, how can people find and follow um, what you're working and building? whether that's a website or yeah. any sort of channels. Yeah. So it's a mouthful, but IntelliSee.com, okay? So I-N-T-E-L-L-I-S-E-E.com. It's like intelligent seeing. Uh, so you'll see the latest and greatest there. Uh, you know, another thing I should have mentioned is we have a tremendous number of Iowa-based partners, including our marketing agency, DeNovo. They're in Cedar Rapids. Um, they've done a great job of uh, helping get our message out and we're talking with organizations all the time. So that's another uh, way that you can find us. And if you mm-hmm. even Google us, you'll see some of the latest there. Awesome. Well, thanks, Scott. It's been a pleasure. And um, everyone, keep keep an eye out for Intellisy. And if if that's something you're looking for, surveillance, safety for your business or organization, please reach out to Scott. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Thanks for listening to the Small Business and Startup Stories DSM podcast. Inspired by these stories, we offer a hub full of resources needed for any small business owner to grow and succeed in Greater Des Moines, Iowa at dsmpartnership.com slash small business. Thanks for listening.